Hey everybody, welcome to Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. And we have a great question today. There's been a lot of conversation and podcasts and different things that are just talking about what does what transparency and accountability looks like in the church. And so the question for Pastor J.D. today is, what does transparency and accountability look like specifically at the Summit Church? Yeah, great question. Thanks for asking that, Matt. Um, there are quite a number of podcasts and articles coming out. We've seen just the tragic fall and sometimes the exposure of some of the things that have happened um, at some of these places with these large um, celebrity pastors, so to speak. And you kind of look and you say, what's you know what's going wrong? How, do, how does that not happen here? Let me just kind of say up front, I, I'm not really going to comment about any specifics. And I, I know that uh, our, our listeners, you guys may be trying to like, oh, is he talking about this? guy or that person or that ministry. Um, I, I'm really trying to speak more in general terms when I say this. And sure, I, we're looking at the landscape, but let, let me just reflect on this more personally for me. Um, you know, I think the first thing that really stands out from a lot of these, and this is actually the theme of one of these um, podcasts, is that character actually matters. Um, a great deal. Uh, you know, it's in the kingdom of God. It's not just talent that qualifies somebody for ministry. In First Timothy 3, when Paul talks about uh, qualifications for ministry, he doesn't just list, you know, talents. There, there are a few talents in there, able to teach, but he lists, you know, a lot of things about character. And um, I, I think that, you know, the idea that we sometimes in evangelical circles will get so enamored with someone's talent that we promote them beyond their character. The Apostle Paul warns us directly against that. He says, uh, look, you know, if somebody is gifted to teach, don't let them be a leader if they're a novice because they'll be lifted up with pride and fall into the condemnation of the devil. And so I think that's been a big thing is that it's even been very convicting for me of saying, hey, e even though I, we want to have character, have I how quickly do I just say, well, this person performs so well and they can gather an audience and they can get stuff done that I'll just kind of look sideways at certain things that I really ought to pay attention to. I think the second thing that stood out to me is that we really do need accountability. Um, when I listen to these things, I, it reminds me of a conversation. I think I've shared it on this podcast before, but it was a conversation with the counselor, Paul Tripp. Um, we were backstage at some event and um, it was it was actually several years ago and Another one of these mega pastors had just fallen and it was just kind of messing with my head. And I just said, I said, Dr. Tripp, what did, is there, is there a commonality that we can find that's, you know, kind of shows that this is where it's headed. And he kind of thought, and this wasn't really a produced answer. He just said, he said, well, he said, I'm close to a lot of these guys that have fallen. And he says, I can always see two things that work in tandem. He said, number one is he said the lack of peer community. Um, he emphasized the word peer. He said, because he says a lot of these guys will have lots of people around them. Um, he says, you know, because they're extroverts and they have large, you know, groups of teams that they lead. He said, but peer community is different. Peer community is where other people are able to look into your life and they are able to call out certain things as your equal and your peer. He said, you will find that almost all these, um, these guys, um, and I, I, I would assume this applies to ladies also, but they get to a point where they no longer have people that speak with that kind of authority in their life. Or one of the worst systems I think is when all these people live several states away and you get on the phone you know every three months for um, a call to set your salary and ask some generalized questions um, my wife and I um, and I think our listeners probably have heard me say this before my wife and I made a decision several years ago 
to pursue local relationships. Ecclesiastes says, better is a friend nearby than a brother far away. And so rather than a bunch of mega pastors around the country, we just wanted to be friends with people in our church, um, some staff members, some non-staff members. We made the decision to move into a neighborhood, walking distance from a couple families that were pretty close to us. Um, there's about five families in our neighborhood now, and we, we we just see in each other's lives, and they know when things aren't right in my marriage. They know when what struggles I have with, with family or kids or time. And, and uh, that is so, so valuable to me. I, I'm realizing now that um, as I look over um, just the, the last 10, 15 years of ministry, how much health and life they have you know, injected into me. Uh, back to Paul Tripp's answer, though, he said that lack of peer community exacerbates a second problem. And he said, and that is they, they forget the power of indwelling sin. They tend to think they've graduated beyond indwelling sin to where they no longer have to daily crucify their flesh. And he said, the flesh, no matter how much you learn or how much you accomplish it, it, that, that, you know, what Paul said, there's nothing good in my flesh. It's, you know, and Paul said that as an apostle, um, it, it, it's there. And when you're not watching it, it will deceive you and it will destroy you. And so he said, because the peer community is not there, they don't see these patterns of pride and um, independence and unbridled desire, whether it's lust of the you know flesh or or coveting, that nobody's there really to call it out. And 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 I think that that whenever we think we've gotten beyond that, we're headed for a disaster. Right? It's like the late David Pallison said. You know, he 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 said things that grow in a secret garden always grow mutant. Um, the Bible will always point us to that community, um, which actually leads me to a, um, what are we on? Um, one, third thing, yes, I guess um, we never graduate beyond the local church. We never graduate beyond the local church. Eugene Peterson, he says, our souls were not made for celebrity. Our souls were made for community, but community is hard work. It's messy. I, I feel, I'll be honest, uh, Matt, I feel the the pull as a, a pastor that has a lot of people working for me. And you, you kind of want to just pull away and you want to be independent. And my wife speaks into my life and she says, do you've got to resist that because we are created for, for community. Um, you know, she has this, uh, she even talks about, and she's been a big help to me in, in this process because she is not attracted to the stage. In fact, she kind of hates it. The larger my platform gets, the bigger our church gets. I mean, she loves the church. She loves reaching people, but that's just not her thing. And she has a statement where she says, she says, fame is making yourself accessible to a bunch of people you don't really care about at the expense of those that you do. She said, even when it comes just to our personal happiness, she, she tells me, she's like, you think happiness is found the brighter the lights and the bigger the stage. She says, there's no happiness there. There's nothing but misery there. But more of that stuff means more problems. But our personal happiness will be reflective of the quality of our close local relationships. And that is so true. I'm realizing, she said that to me years ago, I'm realizing the wisdom that's there. My small group that I'm a part of, close friends, they're the ones who add real enjoyment in um, in, in our life. Um, I heard one of these mega pastors say one time as a, a negative example of this, he said, you know, I no longer work in the church, I work on the church. Meaning I'm, I'm part of a small group, I'm not really part of our evangelism, I don't really do mission, but my real ministry is helping create the system that allows other people to do that. And there's certainly a role for those of us who yeah, that's, that's a gift. But in my working on the church, even if that's the most valuable place I spend my time, my soul needs to work in the church. 
It needs to be in those accountable relationships. It needs to be in those foot washing ministries. I need to have stories of sharing Christ with people. I need to be involved in some of the messiness of life and not limit it to big corporate boardroom decisions or just ivory tower teaching uh, kind of things. I think that when a pastor begins to desire, and let me just say to anybody that's listening, we will all face that desire to pull away. Um, we've got to recognize that as an unhealthy desire. Simon Sinek, who's not a, um, doesn't speak as a Christian leader, but he says, scale creates distance. As your church grows, the scale creates distance. I think a healthy pastor sometimes begrudgingly acknowledges that. I'm, sometimes I'm disconnected from a lot of people in the church, but they never like it. <laughs> and and I, I, in my healthy moments, I'm like, yeah, I unfortunately can't know all 12,000, 13,000 people that are involved in the Summit Church. And I don't like that. I know some of it's necessary so that other pastors can lead and be connected. But, um, you know, it, to, 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 to desire the, the boardroom and the stage only is an unhealthy desire. Um, so we never graduate beyond the local church. And that leads me, I guess, Matt, to the last thing. And that is all of us should be under authority as a part of this. God didn't create any of us to be independent. I mean, you know, the famous statement that... Um, that you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely is certainly true for pastors. Um, we've tried to, at our church, set up a system of plurality of elders where, yes, I, I recognize that sitting around that table, I have an influence because I have the mic, so to speak, every week. Um, there's a, an outside influence, but we sit around that table as equals. And the best proof of that is I have lost votes on that elder board. Um, in fact, I've lost three. Uh, one of them was rather recent. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's part of that. Let's be honest. Any leader who loses a, um, a discussion is that's frustrating. And I always leave those discussions thinking it would be so much easier if I just said this is what we're doing and we all do it. And, you know, I would love for these elders just to say, well, you got to be right. Let's just go along with what you say. But I realize that it's healthy sometimes for me to lose these votes because um, it means that I'm, I've got other people who are speaking in as peers and equals. Now, let me just say for those of you that are out there on an elder team, I mean, that's not, you know, hopefully if you trust your pastor and your, you know, our elders do trust me and, and, and a lot of the, the ways I'm leading the church, in fact, the majority of them, they are wholeheartedly behind. They will often defer to me, but it's healthy for me, even as the the one recognized leader of the church, it's helpful for me to be under authority myself. And so I think when you find that that, 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 that begins to, to go away, you'll find things that begin to, um, begin to corrupt. Um, you know, anything that's controversial that I do, um, I always talk about it with our elders first. And a lot of times I'll say it's not the right time to do that. I, I never, anything controversial you, you hear me say, I can promise you it's been vetted by a lot of people and it's intentional because I've learned if I feel good when I say it and it just is, is kind of a whim, that's a terrible idea. Uh, so I, I really try to lead um, through the team that God has put around me. So those would be the things. I, one more just popped in my head if I got, you know, I'll, I'll give another, what, 30 seconds here. And that is that transparency. You know, it, it, I was thinking about that statement, things that grow in a secret garden always grow mutant. What You know, the Bible talks about the necessity of of, of transparency, other people seeing into your life. And uh, Proverbs 18, 24, an isolated man seeks his own desire. That means you, when you're isolated, you always turn inward um, on yourself. Um, I, I tr you know, like everything in my life is transparent. At any given point, both, you know, two of my assistants and my wife, they, Life360, they know all my passwords. They know where I am. I don't have big gaps in my schedule. 
Uh, I'm not saying it's it's impossible for me to cheat the system because you can always cheat the system if you're intentional, but it would take a lot of a lot of planning for me to obscure my movements, whether what I'm money that I'm spending or you know people that I'm going to meet or things that there's so many people seeing it that they would be able to identify when I, I was beginning to go astray. So none of those are foolproof. Only I mean Jesus died to save us if we could put some practices in and you know curb corruption in our life, Jesus wouldn't have had to die. So even with all that stuff, it's only the power of the gospel that we come back to. But I think there are some wise practices we put in that can keep us from turning into some of these train wrecks. And so by God's grace, in fact, I would ask our listeners, pray for me, pray for your pastor, pray for other pastors that um, there are some unique pressures and pray that God will keep them close and humble and and, uh, keep them daily saturated in the gospel because that's the only way to overcome sin. Thank you so much. That's really, really helpful, J.D. We're so glad you could be with us today. For more resources from Pastor J.D., please be sure to check out jdgreer.com. And while you're there, sign up for our email newsletters. It is the absolute best way to stay up to date with Pastor J.D.'s latest blog posts, podcasts, all kinds of other stuff. And we'll also make sure that you never miss a new resource or series. It's quick and easy to sign up. Go to jdgreer.com and sign up today. And we'll see you next time on Ask Me Anything.